Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. Well, we're in a series that we've entitled Inside Out, and we've been looking at uh, David, the guy that just is incredible. And here's in Acts, Peter's talking about God removed Saul or replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. That's what I want to be. I want to do everything God wants me to do. And that begins with the heart, because what's in the heart comes out. And so we've been looking at different relationships that David has had and how he lived his life as in obedience to God. And today what we're going to look at is a subject called rebellion. David had a son by the name of Absalom. And David is devastated by Absalom's rebellion. The story's in 2 Samuel chapter 13, verses uh, 1 through 19, verses 1 through 19 and 10. And so you can read it all there. But let's begin with the definition of rebellion. Let's talk about what that means and what it says. And according to Webster, to oppose someone in authority, stubbornly defying control. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. I want my way, or as we like to say today, I have my rights. I can do what I want. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. And rebellion is as much an attitude as it is an action. It's a heart issue. It's internal. It's external as well. It's like the little boy who wouldn't obey and he was told to go sit in the corner and he defiantly said, I may be sitting on the outside, but on the inside I'm standing up. That's rebellion. Saul was a rebellious man. That's why the kingdom was taken away from him. One day he offered a sacrifice. It wasn't his job to do. That was the prophet's job. And so Samuel shows up, and Samuel says, what's more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and your sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. Submission is better than the offering of the fat of lambs. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. And stubbornness, anybody know anybody that's stubborn? Didn't think so. As bad as worshiping idols. There it is. And so he deals like that. And so we're like Saul. We want to do our own thing and not God's. We want our way. We don't want to listen to the authorities there. And so I don't do what God wants me to do. And as a result of that, I become a rebel. Now at the root of rebellion is this issue called pride. Pride, an inordinate self-esteem, an overbearing opinion about myself and my worth and my indispensableness and arrogant and cocky and just annoying. It's what caused the downfall of Satan, pride, thinking I know better, thinking my way's the right way, thinking that I'm the one who should be doing this. And so pride is so insidious, it's just incredible. And so often we don't think we have it. 
So let me quickly, how do you know you, if you have pride? Just real quick, the test of criticism. Somebody says something to you that doesn't quite set right. They point out a little fault. They, they maybe make a comment that goes against what you think, and they criticize a choice. And because of that, you begin to be resentful, and you fly immediately into self-justification, and you're always trying to prove, I'm right, you're wrong. I'm you don't deserve to say anything bad about me. I'm not bad. I'm good. And so when criticism comes your way, you react to it wrongly. The test of control. I want to be in control. I, I, I don't want to serve. I want to be served. Or if I'm going to serve, I want to serve in a position that gives me control. And you've got to have control of everything. And when you don't have that control, you kind of lose it for a little bit. And you don't know how to do it. And you just can't understand why people don't get it. And you fight and you come against that. And therefore, then you have the test of conflict. Prideful people have a hard time getting along with people. They make a lot of enemies. They do a lot of things that create conflict in relationships. It's hard to get along with somebody who's arrogant, somebody who thinks they are always right, somebody who wants to have their way all the time, rebellious. And so we're going to deal this morning with this subject that all of us at one time or another struggle with in one form or another, and some more than others. And so let's look at the depiction of rebellion. Let's look at this story to see how it comes about and what happens. And let's talk about what it means to be a rebel, a rebellious person. First of all, rebels always feel like they have a just case. They always think, I'm right. I have a reason to be this way. I have a reason to think like this. Therefore, don't question me because my case is just. Absalom, 2 Samuel chapter 13, verse 20. Her brother Absalom saw her and asked, Is it true that Ammon has been with you? Well, my sister, keep quiet for now since he's your brother. In other words, what happened is his half-sister is raped by her half-brother, Ammon. If you don't worry about it, so Tamar lived as a desolate woman in her brother Absalom's house. When King David heard what had happened, he was very angry. And though Absalom never spoke to Ammon about this, he hated Ammon deeply because of what he has done to his sister. Now, there's a reason for that, right? I mean, that would do something to all of us if that happened. Two years later, when Absalom's sheep were being sheared at Balshar, and near Ephraim, Absalom invited all the king's sons to a feast. Didn't print it all out, but the story is what he does is he kills his half-brother. I have a just cause. I have right. But here's the problem. God says vengeance is his, it's not ours. Vengeance, God will take care of people. I'm not to do that. But you see, a rebel always thinks my cause is just. My way is right. What I'm doing is appropriate. I have a right to do this because of what happened. 
In his eyes, Absalom did the correct thing. I'll take care of this. I'll take matters into my own hands. I'm not going to trust God to take care of things. I'm going to take care of it. And so sometimes when people do things that we don't approve of and don't like, we start doing our thing to get back at them and feel justified because of it. And when you do that, you're a rebel. You're a rebel. Rebels work at getting others to believe in their cause. <laughs> you see, they, they do everything they can to talk to someone. Do you know what is going on here? Do you understand? Let me just tell you. Let me, let me make sure you understand. I, I know what's happening. I know what's going on. I, I know what's taking place. Trust me. You maybe don't see it right, but I do. I know what's happening here. As we look at Absalom, Absalom brought a chariot and horses and he hired 50 bodyguards to run ahead of him. Wow. And he got up early every morning and went out to the gate of the city. Now, in the gate of the city, you and I, that doesn't mean anything to us. But in those days, that were all, was where all the transactions took place. That was the courtroom of the city. That was where everything was decided. And when people brought a case to the king for judgment, Absalom would ask where in Israel they were from, and they would tell him their tribe. In other words, let me take an interest in you. Where are you from? What are you going through? What's happening? It seems so innocent, doesn't it? And Absalom would say, well, you know what? You've really got a strong case here. It's too bad the king doesn't have anybody to hear it. Well, that's not true. The king did have people to hear it. But Absalom steps in front, takes away. I wish I were the judge. And then everyone could bring their cases to me for judgment, and I would give them justice. You know, it'd be different if I was in control. You ever notice that there's some people who just kind of sweet talk things? I believe I got a just case here. I want you to understand my cause and what's going on. And when people tried to bow before him, Absalom wouldn't let them. Instead, he took them by the hand, kissed them, you know, kiss on the cheeks. And Absalom did this with everyone who came to the king for judgment. Now notice, and so he stole the hearts of all the people of Israel. You ever listen to somebody who starts telling you stuff and you think, wow, they're right. That person isn't right. Wow, yeah, I understand. I never looked at it that way. That person's wrong. And so Absalom, undercover, snuck in and began to steal people's hearts because he felt like he had a just case against everything going on. And I can get you to believe in my cause, to feel how badly I've been treated, to feel how much I've been wrong, to show you how much I care, so how much I know. That's what rebels do. Rebels are insidious. <laughs> and you see this every day because if you ever notice how there's some people and they have people following them and you look at that scenario and those relationships, why in the world are those people listening to them? because they've been sold a bill of goods, because they believe the case, because someone's talked nice to them and said, I'd take care of you. I'd be different. I wouldn't do it like that. 
And so they undermine the authority. It's exactly what Satan did. I've got a right to be worshipped. I've got a right to be in that position. And we're told he deceived a third of all the angels. He stole their hearts. Rebels have a high regard of their character. I would never be like that. I would never do that. I'm above all of that. 2 Samuel 18, during his lifetime, Absalom built a monument to himself. Can you say ego? You know, in the King's Valley, why would you build it there? For he said, I have no one to carry on my name. Notice how he justifies it. Notice how, well, you know, I don't have anybody to carry on my name. And he named the monument after himself, and it's known as Absalom's monument to this day. And so here you have a man who comes into the scene, rebels against David. David's the king, his dad. And yet Absalom believes, hey, Dad, I've got a case here. This happened in this relationship. I'm not going to stand for it. If you don't take care of it, I'm going to, and I have a right to do that. My case is just. And if you don't do that, then I'm the one who should be in charge. I've got a just cause here. I can take care of this. And he begins to tell the people and talk to the people. And he has an ego that's as big as a football field builds a monument to himself and comes against and rebels against David's authority. You see, that's what rebels do. It's not just out and out confrontation with somebody. He didn't confront his dad, the king, did he? He went behind his back, didn't he? That's what rebels do. That's what those who go against authority do. They don't go and settle the issue face to face. They go around and take matters into their own hands and steal things away and give people false information and false hope because they believe pride, I'm right. And Absalom had such a high regard of his character. Look at how good I am. That's character. Now, let me just ask you a simple question. What would you do with this if you were David? What would you do if someone was stealing away your position and your crown? Wouldn't matter if he's your son or not. What would you do? David, this man after God's heart, responds in an incredible way. And we're going to look at this. How do you respond when somebody's doing all of that? How do you handle this when you aren't being treated fairly? when someone else is trying to usurp where you're at and what you're doing, what do you do? So here's what David did. Number one, the righteous, David, are concerned about the innocent. You see, the rebels aren't concerned about anybody but themselves. But David's concerned about the other people who aren't involved. Have you ever noticed that the rebels will try to get everybody involved but the righteous will take care of it. I'm not going to get you involved in my situations. Because when problems start coming, what do we do? We start forcing forcing people to choose sides, don't we? Were you with me or with them? Who are you with? What are you going to do? 
Which one are you going to believe? <laughs> David, look, I don't want to get you involved in this. And yet rebels want to get everybody involved in this, don't they? Notice what he does. 2 Samuel 15, the king and all his people set out on foot, pausing at the last house. David's leaving town. To, to let all the king's men move past to lead the way, there were 600 men from Gath who had come with David along with the king's bodyguard. And the king turned and said to Etai, a leader of the men from Gath, why are you coming with us? Go on back to King Absalom. <laughs> Absalom's not king yet. Go on back. You're a guest in Israel, a foreigner in exile. You arrived only recently, and should I force you today to wander with us? I don't even know where we'll go. Go on back and take your kinsmen with you, and may the Lord show you his unfailing love and faithfulness. Wow. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? You know, if, it, if it's me, I need all the help I can get. I want everybody on my side. I want to prove that I've got more than you do. I, I want but David says, look, you're just new here. I don't want you to get involved with this. I don't want to pull you into this. Go on back. May God bless you and take care of you. I know where you stand. I don't want you to have to be a, someone who has a great fallout from all of this going on. To let other people off the hook. But you see, when we're being taken advantage of and when we're being mistreated, what do we do? We want to go tell everybody, do you know what they're doing? Do you know how unfair this is? Do you know how wrong this is? You know what? You're going to believe them or you're going to believe... We start pulling sides, don't we? But David says, look, you're innocent. Don't, don't, don't do this. Go on back. You're going to be okay. God will take care of you, and God will take care of me. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll just go on. You go back. Incredible. And then the righteous allow God to be in control. Now remember, the, the rebellious people got to have control. But the righteous let God be in control. And how many of you understand that when we allow God to be in control, it sometimes is really frustrating and very hard, isn't it? Because God doesn't move as fast as we want him to. God doesn't, God, okay, you're in control. Get him, stop it, put an end to it. Let's get this over with. God, come on. We, we want it to happen. But it's a, one other thing to say, you know what? I'm not going to pull the innocent into this. And you know what else? I'm going to let God take care of this. I'm going to let God handle this. God knows what's going on. God sees my heart. God has a way of thinking care of things if we'll let him. And usually letting him means if I'll give him time. And usually that means it's going to take a whole lot longer than I want it to. You with me? Notice what he does. This is, I love this story. The king instructed Zodak to take the ark of God back into the city. Notice what he said. If the Lord sees fit... He will bring me back to see the ark and the tabernacle again. Wow. If God sees fit, I'll be back. God's in control here. I'm not. We'll let him take care of that. And maybe, notice, no guarantee. He goes on. 
in 2 Samuel 15, verse 26. If he's through with me, then let him do what seems best to him. God knows what's happening. And if he's done, okay. Chapter 16, David came to Barum, and a man came out from the village cursing them. It was Shimei, son of Gera, from the same clan as Saul's family. So a relative of Saul. Remember, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. David had the right to kill all the relatives of Saul, didn't he? He didn't do it. And he threw stones at the king and the king's officers and all the mighty warriors who surrounded him. <laughs> Get out of here, you murderer. Was David a murderer? Yeah. He'd killed a man. Uriah. He'd done it. You scoundrel, he shouted at David. The Lord's paying you back for all the bloodshed in Saul's clan. You stole his throne, and now the Lord has given it to your son Absalom. Did that's true? No. So usually what happens, there's an element of truth and an element of lies. That's usually the case, isn't it? At last, you will taste some of your own medicine, for you're a murderer. Why should this dead dog curse the Lord, my king? <laughs> Abishai, son of Zebedee, demanded, let me go over and cut off his head. Now, if that's mean, me, go ahead. Right? If, if that'll give you, yeah, if that's what you want, go ahead. No, the king said, who asked your opinion, your sons of Zebariah, if, if the Lord has told him to curse me, who are you to stop him? And David said to Abishai and to all of his servants, my own son is trying to kill me. Doesn't this relative of Saul have even more reason to do so? Wow. Leave him alone. Let him curse. For the Lord has told him to do it. We don't like that at all, do we? If you're going to trust God to be in control, you're going to have to be willing to endure some unfair treatment. And when that unfair treatment comes, that's usually when we take matters in our own hands, isn't it? Perhaps the Lord will see, perhaps, perhaps, the Lord will see that I'm being wronged and will bless me because of these curses today. So David and his men continued down the road, and Shimei kept pace with them on a nearby hillside, cursing and throwing stones and dirt at David. Wow. And yet, here's what the Bible says. Here's what Romans says. Here's what Paul writes. Dear friends, never take revenge. Now, let me just quickly ask you, what don't you understand about the word never? Leave that to the righteous anger of God, for Scriptures say, I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. Okay, God, I got that. Do it today. But he doesn't always do it today, does he? Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. And in doing this, you'll heap burning coals of shame on their heads. You see, rebels don't like it when you don't fight back. 
because they feel like their cause is just. They have a case. You fighting back will just prove to everybody else that they're right. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Wow. That's a man after God's own heart. It's what David did. I'll leave town. I don't know. Maybe God will bring me back. I don't know how this is going to play out. I know what's going on. I know it isn't fair. I know what my son's doing. I know that someone's trying to steal the throne from me. I understand that. But I'm not going to stoop to be below their level. I'm going to do what's right. They're taking the low road. I'm going to take the high road. And God will take care of me. That's hard. Really hard. And then the righteous, (laughs) wow, they care for those who oppose them. You know, when somebody's after your head, it's hard to love them, isn't it? When somebody's lying about you, it's hard to really care about them, isn't it? And yet we are told that we are to love everybody, correct? All the time, correct? And David really still cared about Absalom, even though he was trying to destroy him. What happens in the conflict and the thing, we know from the story that Absalom is killed. David gets the information. In 2 Samuel 18, the king is overcome with emotion. He went up to the room over the gateway and burst into tears. And as he went, he cried, Oh, my son Absalom, my son Absalom, if I only had died instead of you, Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. No, well, good. He finally got what he deserved. But rather, oh, I wish things would have turned out differently. I wish you would have listened. I wish this hadn't have happened. I would gladly give my life so that your life could go on. We're not to judge And we don't rejoice when other people get what's coming to them. It broke his heart. It should break ours. So the rebellious, the person who believes their way is right, who thinks they see things clearly, who always wants to be in control and wants their way, they think they're seeing clearly, they think they have a right to be this way, they do everything they can. Hey, did you hear? Hey, do you know? Why don't you, you agree with me? Let, let's form a coalition. Let's get a majority. Let's do something to get our way. Let's do it like this. Rebels. But the righteous let God take care of things. The righteous trust God, and the righteous still care about people. So the question today is, where are you at in all of this? 
oh, I'm not a rebel pastor. I just, there's some things that are unfair that are going on that I got to take care of. There's some things that I just don't believe in that I don't think they're right. And I think I could have a right to do this. Well, I, I, I just, you know, are you trusting God to take care of the situation? Are you still praying for the person and doing everything you can to do what is right? David understood rebellion. In Psalm 32, he writes these words. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away. I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. Now, let me just stop for a moment before I finish this. All of us have been rebels at heart against God, haven't we? We thought our way is best. We believe our way is right. We haven't listened to what God said. We've went against the authorities that God has established. We've done our own thing, believing that we have a right to do it, thinking that this is the way it should be. David said, okay, I don't need to hide that anymore. I know, God, I've done those things. Don't want to admit it, but I've, I've got to get you. So here's what he does. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me, and all my guilt is gone. That's great news. That's great news. So today, as we're here looking at this great story, this man after God's heart, we all have to look at ourselves. And if we allowed pride to sleep in to cause us to rebel against what God wants and what God says and God's ways and not ours, and if we went our way and rejected God's way, and if so, are we willing to come before God and say, God, I'm guilty. I've done it. Forgive me. If you're not a Christian today, you've been rebelling against God. You've gone your own way, done your own thing, been your own person, believing that your way is right and you have a right to be the way you are. But that wears you out. It doesn't end well. And what God says, look, if you'll come to me, if you'll confess to me, I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you. So are you willing to be honest with yourself and with God? Maybe you're at a place where you're the one being attacked and you're having a hard time waiting for God to take care of things. Maybe you just need to ask him to help you. So can we take a moment and just pray and would you just talk to the Lord about where you're at today? Father, this morning, we thank you that you have showed us how to live. Lord, we have seen how this plays out. You know you had Satan rebel against you and take a group with him. You have us who rebel against you and go our own way and do our own thing, believing that we're right and we have a right to be this way. So, Lord, today we come before you and we confess. 
Lord, we ask you to help us to let you take care of things, to let you be in control, to care about people, to love people, no matter what they do. Lord, we thank you today for your forgiveness that you give to us time and time again. Thank you for your faithfulness, your love for us, and all that you've done for us today. We give you praise for it. In thy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.